Welcome to Kingdom Minded Podcast with Ray Munoz. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kingdom Minded Podcast. It's me, Ray Munoz. Hey, everybody. I feel like I did that really annoying. Sorry. If that bugged you, I'm terribly sorry. I just I said my last name really slow and exaggerated. So, sorry, guys. Um, but, hey, how's it going? Hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope you really enjoyed last week's episode. Uh, by far, I, no, I can't say by far. It definitely is one of my favorite guests, but I'm kind of biased because it's my pastor. So anytime I get to sit and just talk to my pastor is always a special moment for me, uh, which it should be for you guys too. If you ever get to sit and talk to your pastor, um, I think that's definitely something. uh, Somebody said something tonight. He said, you have the greatest resource in your own church and definitely he is one of the greatest resources I have uh, for ministry, uh, for life in general. Um, so I just love love my pastor and you should love your pastor too. So if you guys are listening to this, take a second right now. I'm gonna give you a few seconds. Um, go ahead, go down to your exit out of this episode or however you're listening to it. You can still listen to me because 21st century, you can still listen and then do this. Uh, open up your text messages, okay? Click on new text message, and then type in your pastor, however you have him written down. I have mine as just pastor, because I only got one pastor. So uh, I type in pastor, and just put in the little message thing, and just say, hey, just want to let you know that I appreciate you, love you, and I'm praying for you. Go ahead. I'll wait. No, I'm, I'm literally waiting, guys, for you to do this. Okay, so you should be done by now. Um, I think it's good. I think you should always let your pastor know how much you appreciate and love him uh, because they are, they are like I said, the greatest resource you'll ever have. They'll be your best preacher that you're ever going to get. Um, they're, they're just above and beyond awesome. So just take, take a minute. It's not Pastor Appreciation Month. Just take a minute just to just let them know how much you love them. Um, so... You know, I just I just got a lot of good feedback from last week's episode uh, with him, and I just I loved it. I love hearing everybody's uh, thoughts on it and stuff like that. Maybe I'll open up another um, forum and just ask people, "Hey, what's your favorite episode?" and stuff like that. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. That episode has definitely been doing so well. Um, I think we've had over a hundred listens just on that episode in the first week, which is really hard to get within the first week uh usually you'll start getting those about week two week three uh so it's really awesome that so many people are listening to that episode so uh how was everybody's week i hope you guys were doing well uh it was a busy 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 weekend for us or week i should say month slash year if you guys are all feeling the same way can i get an amen <laughs> um but it's definitely been uh, a busy week. Uh, we had our Elevate Youth Conference this entire weekend. Uh, so shout out to InFocus uh, with helping them out. Uh, you know, we're just going down there whenever we could and just, you know, doing whatever. Um, as many of you guys saw, I came out of retirement. 
<laughs> I say that so so nonchalant too. Um, I'm not really retired uh, as far as worship ministry, but I just focus on other things in my church that I feel are needing a little bit more attention from me. Uh, other than the worship, our worship team does a great job, so I, you know, they do it, so I don't have to, uh, which is a blessing for me. Uh, so I can focus more on our children's ministry and bus ministry and get to do that stuff that I, you know, that is really needed right now. So there's other people taking the reins and doing it, but I was, I came out of retirement this weekend and I played for the conference and I felt really rusty, um, but you know, God put me through it and. Thank God I didn't mess up too bad. I messed up a few times. I'm pretty sure some of you guys heard it, but hey, what are you going to do? It's under the blood. Um, but we had a great, uh, we were just preparing all week for that conference. So Thursday, um, you know, going down there and helping out. And then uh, Friday was the actual conference. So being down there to practice and stuff like that. So it was, it was great. Uh, Evan Hood um, preached this weekend at our church, not just a, uh, not just on Friday, but he, we got him today on Sunday twice, so that was really good. Elevate Youth Conference was awesome, though. Uh, as many of you guys came by um, and said, hey, told me the hair is growing out pretty well. I, it's almost there. I went to a barber this week, and I got cleaned up because I felt like I looked like a Q-tip or a piece of lint. Uh, so now just the, the one of the kids from the bus said, just the top is now fuzzy. So I said, well, that's good. Uh, so I got cleaned up a little bit and it's slowly growing. My barber said something that I've never heard a barber tell me and he cut my hair and he said, well, I did the best with what I had. And I was like, wow, that's really reassuring that this is going to be a great haircut. Um, but he didn't do too bad. So, so we had elevate on Friday. It was great. We were out, we were out there late with the youngins. Um, we were, we had a booth selling elotes. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, a lot of you guys stopped by and came and bought some, so that was awesome. And we were there till I was only there till about one, but thank God we had coffee there. Um, so they had uh, Hearthwood Roasters down at the church. Uh, it's a local coffee shop in Inland Empire. It's over in Ukaipa, which is just a city away. And so they came down and served us some awesome coffee. But at the end, they were like, "Hey, do you want another cup of coffee?" And I was like, "I'd love another cup of coffee." So just straight black coffee with a little bit of lavender syrup in there, and it was perfect. Um, but I couldn't drink the whole thing, so I gave it to somebody else. So they drank it. But it was just, it was a good time. I mean, there was the house was packed. Um, you know, it was an awesome time. We were running around in the background during service, so I didn't really get a chance to sit through the preaching like I would like to. But, you know, it's just kind of the things you got to do when you're running a booth. So I was making runs to the store and doing everything I could. So Saturday we, ooh, Saturday actually was really nice. It was a very relaxing day. Um, you know, at my niece's birthday party that day, so that was really nice. Um, you know, spend time with family and stuff like that, and then um, you know, Saturday was like I said, really relaxing. Just took some time and just kind of slept in, and you know, just enjoyed. A moment of breath <laughs> uh, today was Sunday so let's see this morning got there at the church super early actually had to run to the store because I had to get stuff for my lesson uh, thank God I live right next to a grocery store so I could just pick it up when I'm on my way to the church um, and then we went down to the church and we had 17 on my bus today uh, which wasn't bad but we were missing 
quite a few teenagers. Um, not all of them came today. And then uh, my friend Hank, uh, he did not come today. I think he wasn't feeling well. So, you know, just praying for him. Uh, but I'm excited that we had 17. We had one first-time visitor on the bus today. So that was an awesome, you know, thing, uh, an awesome, you know, praise report there. And, you know, the kids just, we had great service during altar call today, or during kids' church today. Altar call was great. Um, I taught on the book of Acts, or Acts 2.38 today, which is something I feel like I mention a lot, but I never really preach on it. So um, I preached on Acts 2.38. It was actually pretty interesting. Used um, I had to pick up uh, drumsticks from the uh, grocery store this morning, ice cream, and I was doing one where one person was just eating it. The other person, I was giving them instructions on how to eat it, but I was giving them all the wrong instructions. So I was telling them to take a bite with it still in the pack. I said, just take a bite. And they're like, well, it's in the pack. I said, take a bite. That's how you eat an ice cream. So, you know, trying to break it down that, like, Peter gave us the steps on how to get to heaven. And, you know, some people have it. And you see it, but you don't know how to do it. And I said, Peter was teaching us how to do it. So, you know, that's what we taught on today. But it was just an awesome service. We had uh, 47, 48, 46 kids today uh, in Kishore. So not too bad. We are missing a few kids. But... Hey, you know, we just did what we could, but it was an awesome time. Uh, got to actually go on the bus ride home today, which is usually for me for the last couple Sundays has not been doable just with all the stuff that I've had going on, uh, either meetings or having to stay and take care of something or et cetera, et cetera. So being able, being able to go on the bus ride home was definitely uh, a nice little, you know, treat for me today. And... You know, we had night service. To, oh, so before I go any further, I got a text during church. I didn't look at it because I was doing altar call and I could feel my phone buzzing, but I didn't know who it was. I open up my phone and it's my friend Travis uh, McCarthy from Second Chance Church in Yucaipa, which is just a, right down the street from us. Um, they text me a picture of their bus, a bus, and he says, we raised $3,500 to purchase this. And so... They raised money. If you guys see on my story, they raised money at their church to get a bus because they are packed out on their van. They have a, a van to pick up people. They're packed out on their van and they have to take two trips to pick up kids because they're running, I think, somewhere around 30 or something like that. Um, and so they raised the money this morning and they're buying a bus. So I'm just so excited about that. I think that's awesome. Um, they've been working so hard at their church. Um, you know, all those folks at just Second Chance Church have been, the team there has been working so hard to um, get kids to come to church and getting, starting a bus ministry, you know, from nothing. And then now they're buying a giant bus that's way bigger than any bus that we have. Uh, so it's just awesome. Um, I'm just, I'm ecstatic for them guys. If you can just keep them in your prayers because with a big bus comes big problems. So just pray that, you know, nothing comes up, nothing comes against them. And that, you know, this bus is going to be, you know, everything's going to run smoothly on it. Any repairs are going to be minimal, you know, just praying and believing that God's going to bless us. He's definitely just giving them the tools that they need to reach their city. Uh, so we're excited and we're rejoicing with them guys. So if you guys are listening to this, we're excited for you. Um, so we had church tonight. Uh, we ran uh, second or next second chance. <laughs> we ran the next level um, program today. So I only had two that that could go. 
uh, as opposed to like usually I have four or three, um, but I only had two today. So, but it was just okay. There was two that really wanted to go. Oh, my boy. So you know how there was a boy that I had to suspend for about three weeks and he has not been coming and, but I've been visiting him every Sunday and just telling him I miss him and can't wait till he can come back. So he came back today. Excellent behavior from him today. He was praying in the altar today. I like, it was just like that. So I'm assuming that worked, hopefully, you know, but he did such a great job today. And I let him know I was so proud of him, the way he behaved. He didn't give anybody an attitude, didn't talk back to anybody. He was listening and participating. There was no problems with him whatsoever. So thank you, Jesus. Um, and he was telling me how much he was enjoying being back at church. And I said, man, I'm so glad you're here. I missed you so much, you know, so thank you, God, for that. Okay, and then he, I was really hoping he was going to come tonight, but he wasn't able to. Uh, his parents weren't, didn't allow him to, so, um, but I'm excited. And then today I was even with our next level kids. Um, we're going to, I'm really trying to push, not push, I shouldn't say that. I'm really trying to encourage our next level kids to start going to church dressed up. So I'm going to be doing a, uh, a big push in the church to try and see if I can get some dress clothes for kids um, because I was explaining to them today about why we go to church dressed up. Um, you know, Sunday morning kids church, it's a little bit more casual. Um, it's, there's kids that come dressed up and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, but there's, you know, our kids from the bus, they usually show up kind of just in whatever they got. And so I want to give these kids every opportunity to you know, be able to do what we do. And so I was explaining to them why we dress up for church and why we give our best um, to God when we go there. So I'm excited. I talked to them today. They were really excited about doing it, but I was kind of just, I kind of, I knew I was going to push it on them and kind of say, Hey, you know, we're going to start doing this, but I wanted to give it in the way that they felt like it was like, Hey, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. So they were really on board with it. And so I told them, I said, okay, well, I'm going to start getting clothes together for everybody. So I'm going to try and see Lord willing that I get two outfits for every kid that comes. So that way when they come to church on Sunday night, we start dressing up. Um, and it's just teaching them that, you know, and that the way they learn, they know when they come to church, Hey, I'm just going to dress up. It's just what I do. Um, so I'm excited for that. So that was this, you know, this morning, like I said, we had Sunday night service. Awesome time. Uh, brotherhood preached tonight and he preached a phenomenal message on, um, he was using the story of the boy that was possessed and that Jesus, how Jesus cast out the demons out of him. Um, which is, you know, this part of the story, but he was talking about, uh, how, and I'm, hopefully I don't butcher this because I've really like, I have memory, <laughs> bad memory sometimes. Um, but he was talking about how, you know, he was saying about praying that Jesus said, you know, this is through prayer, prayer and fasting. And he was talking about like the, you know, I mean, I can't remember what he said this or he was using a phrasing before he said prayer and fasting. And I can't remember it off the top of my head. But anyways, he was talking about this, you know, like the things that we carry are only brought out through prayer and fasting. And so it was just a phenomenal time. And his message actually shifted um, from the problems of, you know, the, the what we carry individually 
that are carried through childhood. Because if you look at that story in the Bible, that the the boy who had the demons has had them since he was a child. And so he started talking about bus ministry and children's ministry. And he was talking about, and I was just like, whoa, like, this is awesome. Like, he's going in here on this direction. So it was really awesome. And then he had a time of prayer for all of the people who do bus ministry, youth ministry, children's ministry. And, man, it was such a blessing. I was, I got touched by the Holy Ghost. And I was just you know, just crying out. And it was just awesome um, because, you know, he's like, we're out there on the front lines trying to make sure, you know, trying to help these kids and, you know, deliver these kids. And he said, you know, this is the only way we can do it. So it was just an awesome time for service. Um, and then we went out and took our next level kids and get some ice cream. Um, so it was, they were just excited about that. Um, you know, it was just nice when it's, when it's a couple of them, it, I don't get discouraged by it because, you know, it's that time I get to sit and spend time with them and talk to them and just connect even better than if it was four of them. You know, it's not hard to do when it's four of them, but it's just nice. You get a little more one on one. So, you know, just all around great weekend, guys. Um, <clears throat> like I said, Elevate was just awesome this weekend. It was the whole weekend thing. So it was just a great weekend. I'm excited for the next week. Uh, luckily, it's going to slow down a little bit, I guess I should say. Um, not like 100% slow down, but it's we're going to have a little bit more free time this week. So that's nice. Just take some time and just relax um, and, you know, just take it easy. And then we ramp back up the week after because we got hope for the world, folks. If you have not heard about hope for the world it is a missions conference that our church does every october and we're excited about it i don't have the dates i think it's october 4th through the 6th if i'm wrong then forgive me um i'll try and post it on instagram if you guys are in the local area or if you're not in the local area fly on down um it's going to be a great time uh, missions-based conference. It's about home missions, world missions, you name it. It's it's all about all that stuff. And we're also have, so Friday is a service that we're inviting everybody to join us. It's at 730. Um, not this week, coming weekend, but the next weekend. Um, Matt Tuttle is going to preach Friday night. Um, so I'm really excited about that. He was supposed to actually be down a year or two ago and something came up in the scheduling emergency and he wasn't able to come i know a lot of people were disappointed about that but you know it just is what it is um saturday actually is going to be another good one at 11 a.m ari prado is preaching um and so i'm really excited about his his um preaching and then we're having free lunch so you get a free lunch on the saturday and then the after that we're having sessions my pastor's teaching one. Sister Melody from our worship team is teaching one. Um, Brother Haddon's teaching. Tim Haddon's preaching one. Arya Prado's preaching one. I'm really trying to not mess this up and think of all the other ones. But there's going to be all these sessions going, and they're all based on missions, world and local missions. And so if you're definitely kingdom-minded, obviously if you're listening to this, you're kingdom-minded. Please make an effort to try and be there. Um, I, it's, like I said, it's free. It's just going to be a great time for everybody. Um, and then our Sunday service that we have is we're doing a Sunday service with um, Tim Haddon and Brother Seagal. I don't remember his first name. And they're going to be doing preaching that morning. And then after that, we're doing our, our uh, ministry fair, 
we're we're re getting people to recommit and sign up for ministries that maybe not may not be involved in ministry. So definitely excited for what's going to be happening in the next couple weeks. But I just wanted to let you guys know that so that way you can prepare to come and join us because it's going to be a great time. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it, guys. That's all I got for this little, you know, beginning portion. But I just wanted to share this with you. And I'm really excited about today's guest. It's going to be a phenomenal episode. This is part one. We will be doing a part two. I just don't have a date on that yet because we're all busy. Schedules are schedules. And sometimes it's a little harder to get us all in when we want to. But part two will definitely be coming up. But this is part one. So without further ado, guys, here we go. All right, everybody. I'm here with my guest today, Brother Tyler Hodge. Brother Tyler, go ahead and tell everybody hi. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is uh, this guy right here is an awesome guy, phenomenal guy. Uh, I love him, love his energy, love his passion. Um, Brother Tyler, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people who have not had the pleasure of meeting you? Pleasure would be mine. So I am 28 years old, have a beautiful wife and two children, two years old and a year old, and another child in the oven, currently about to uh, come out of the oven sometime in March. And so got a lot of stuff going on in our family and in our lives, but God has been good to us. Pastor a church in North Bakersfield, a community called Oildale, California, and I've been there for coming up on four years now. And like I said, God has just been with us been involved in children's ministry um, ever since I was a teenager. My wife had been involved in children's ministry, and together, when we first got married, we did some children's evangelism and has built bus routes and Sunday school departments, and um, God's just been able to use us to reach kids, and that's what we love doing. So it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Love what you're doing, Ray, with Kingdom Minded Podcast, and uh, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Hey, congratulations on the uh, up-and-coming baby. Um, that's exciting for you guys. That's going to be, I'm sorry, the third one, right? The third. Third one. Man. Three you guys more to are, go. You guys are just expanding the Hodge family tree there. <laughs> that and we we're, we got to build a church, man. Build a church. So Man, just, just for your takes. family, right? Just to hold in the family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. Hey, congratulations. Um, I'm excited for you guys. You guys are going to get another one. So that way we have three babies running around at the conferences when we're doing them. Um, <laughs> we can, uh, yeah. We can, we can all just, each speaker will take a child, and then we'll take care of them that way. <laughs> Good luck, world. <laughs> you leave yeah. them with me, they're probably going to get tons of candy, and, you know, they'll be all right. Yeah, their grandmas do that already. I don't think that'll be anything new. <laughs> He'd be like, that's it? That's all you're giving me? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm excited to have you on here today, man. Um, you know, like I said, you, you've done a lot with um, Southern California and across the country just as far as children's ministry. I, there isn't a camp that you have not been to. Um there isn't a seminar or anything related to children's ministry that you have not been a part of. Um, I'm just excited to have, to get you on here. Um, our 
so glad that our schedules have kind of just, you know, lined up and, you know, I know you're busy, um, you know, with everything going on, but I'm just, I, I really just want to thank you for taking the time and just speaking to us today. Um, it's really my pleasure. And the, the subject today is super, super, uh, I, we were, we were texting each other back and forth about this. And, um, I told you, I told you I wanted to talk about this and then you're like, great. And I sent you, a, I sent you a, a couple of gifts of someone being really awkward because right. I feel like this is uh, a super awkward topic, but sure. I feel that this is a very important topic to talk about. Um, I, I remember you did this at the last SEC uh, Children's Ministry Workshop. And although I was not able, because, you know, we were hosting, so I wasn't able to sit through the entire thing, um, the bits and pieces that I was able to sit through and then hearing from the other, my other team members that were there, they loved it. Um, and it's, so everybody's probably just listening to this and saying, well, what on earth is this all about? Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce the, the topic, then, since you got it right there with you. Sure. Well, um, it was something that I actually felt heavy on my heart when we were getting the workshop together for the Southern California Commission uh, Children's Ministry Seminar. Um, we would talk about different topics that should be brought to the table. And this one, I think, was just so heavy on my heart because of some things that we were facing as a church. And um, right now in this season of my ministry, I'm, I'm not – just a Sunday school teacher or a children's pastor or children's evangelist, but I'm a pastor of an entire congregation. So I'm kind of overseeing all aspects of our church. And I was seeing some things um, that were really disturbing uh, among our children's ministry. And it wasn't in the staff necessarily. It was just the things that we were facing as a church ministering to our community and to the kids in our community and so the subject that I talked about at the workshop and that you've requested that I speak on in this podcast episode is things that cannot be taboo in our children's ministries. Mm-hmm. And uh, something considered taboo is something naughty, um, something that society considers a no-no. So, for example, um, it's a taboo topic to ask people how much money they make, right? That's something that would be considered socially unacceptable. That would not be an appropriate question to ask um, a stranger or approaching really even somebody that you're familiar (laughs) with. I mean, that's, that's a taboo topic really to to address. Yeah. So when we say that certain subjects are taboo, um, what we're really saying is that that conversation is off limits for discussion. There is an inhibition or a ban uh, to that topic, and that may become um, so because of social customs or uh, just emotional aversion. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's just an awkward subject. And so, mm-hmm. um, but then there are some things that I feel like are taboo in some instances that we can't allow be taboo in our children's ministries and in our churches because um, whether it's awkward or not, or whether it's socially acceptable uh, to talk about it or not, to have that conversation, uh, 
we have to make sure that our churches are ministering effectively and um, it's a safe place and that we're bringing the gospel of Jesus in the most effective way possible. And if there's certain things hindering us from being able to do that and we never can fix those problems because it's taboo, then how are we going to fix those problems? We got to talk about them. We've got to, we've got to navigate that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that it's so important because I I always tell my staff this, and um, anybody that works with a children's ministry or bus ministry, I always tell them these kids are way too important to us to let these things slide or Amen. to let these things come about. And Absolutely. and I, in a way, it's like I always tell them, I said, I have to rebuke my flesh as uncomfortable as it is or as much as I want to avoid the situation that yeah. these kids are way too worth it for me. And I, and I would, I would be doing them an injustice and I would be doing our church an injustice with not confronting these and taking care of these essentially, you okay. know, um, and, you know, like I said, when we when we heard this at the thing, it was it was convicting and not necessarily saying, hey, we're doing these things wrong. It's convicting just saying, hey, we need to make sure that we are taking care of these when we when they come up or if they ever do come up. You know, um, right. we're not talking this subject to rattle the cages of everybody's life, but no. we are doing i think it's it's important to bring it up so that people are aware of these things because this is real life this when you get when you get into the myth of children's ministry um i was thinking about this uh yesterday i was i was kind of preparing for this and i said you know boogers and tantrums are a small part of children's ministry you know (laughs) don't get me wrong Every now and then I got to, I got to grab a tissue and clean someone's boogers. And you know what? That's just, sure. that's just part of the deal. And I don't have a problem with doing that. Or someone but that's on the bus. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a small part of what we really do. It's not Absolutely. babysitting. It, this no. is real life ministering. Essentially, you, if you're a children's ministry leader or you preach on in your kids' church, you're essentially preaching the gospel Absolutely. every Sunday morning. Um, right. And so, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's a, it's almost in a way like you're running your own church, you know. Sure, absolutely. You got you got to make sure everything's together. You got to make sure all the people that are working under you or with you are in the right place, and you got to worry about their spiritual walk. You got to worry right. about your kids' spiritual walk. So, absolutely. you know, these topics are real because these are things that you know. And God forbid you have to encounter some of them, but. If you ever do, you know, I feel that this, this, what you have right for us today is really going to help somebody that either is preparing so that these don't happen or are figuring out ways to fix them now so they don't become bigger issues. Amen. But, um, so go ahead, let's jump right into it. Um, what's your first kind of like point on this? Um, I know there's many that you have, but let's just jump into it and let's see where it goes. Sure. Yeah, sounds great. I hope we don't spend too much time on one particular topic because I do have uh, specifically, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about seven items. Uh-huh. Um, 
in children's ministry that I feel like cannot be taboo topics. And so I'll just yeah. jump into the first one and uh, hold me. Hold you have seven things to cover. So okay. uh, the first thing is unruly children. Um, mm-hmm. We've all got kids in our Sunday school who may have been diagnosed with ADHD. In today's society, I think that ADD and ADHD might be is definitely an overdiagnosed. Um, I think a lot of time, and this is personal opinion. I have no. I have no anecdotal evidence to back that up, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you, uh, you're breaking up. So. Oh okay. no. Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. I was uh-huh. just saying, I have no anecdotal evidence for, for what I'm about to say, but I believe that ADD and ADHD are way overdiagnosed in our society today. Um, I would definitely be, diagnosed with ADHD probably if any of you know me or have spent much time with me I probably am way attention uh, deficit hyperactive disorder but um, you know honestly if you have that one unruly child maybe he's just hyperactive maybe he's rebellious or she in some instances um, a lot of times that's spinning from a place in them that is beyond them acting out like mm-hmm. school, but um, if you are a Sunday school teacher or a bus captain or a bus driver, and you're making routine visits to these kids' homes, you've got to take some of their behavior with a grain of salt, understanding, dude, I just picked them up from a cesspool of dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying to allow it, but I am saying sometimes I feel like uh, we could become so disconnected from the reality that these kids live in that we have no mercy toward them, that we don't approach them with grace and love, and we just hold them to this unrealistic standard that they have to sit down and fold their hands in for an hour and listen to what we have to say. Um, and, and, and when we do interact with them, it's in a – punishing or disciplinarian manner and if that's the only way and only time that we're interacting with those trouble kids or unruly kids in our in our Sunday schools or in our churches that is not building a bridge to help them that's just continuing probably what they're already getting at school um what they're already getting labeled as from society just a bad kid a, a detention kid or what have you um and I'm not saying there's no place for punishment and discipline, but what I am saying is we can't just punish or discipline those kids and then think that that is going to fix them. Mm-hmm. If we want to see them helped, then we've got to reach out to them in love as well. Maybe take that kid out one-on-one with the permission of their parents or what, something and take him out for an ice cream and just have a talk with them. Maybe yeah. get to know that kid a little bit more and, and kind of put yourself in their shoes you know, and try to find out what's going on uh, behind the scenes. But, um, you know, uh, if we just correct issues as, as we go and never pull those kids in and show them love and show them that we care beyond them just behaving well, then 
we're never going to teach them to live right and do right and behave well. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I think we label kids for forever being that way because, um, because that's just their track record. You know, Peter said, asked Jesus, how many times do I forgive my brother? Jesus should I forgive him seven times? And we know the answer. Jesus told him, no, I tell you seven times 70. And, um, Sometimes we don't we don't give kids the mercy that that I feel like Jesus would give, in that maybe they act up one service and then that following Sunday we approach them almost with an expectation that oh boy little Johnny's here and we almost treat them as if they are going to be a promised child. It's almost like we're prof- prophesying punishment or prophesying trouble, <laughs> you know, before anything mm-hmm. ever happens. And it's because of their track record. And I understand something, you know, can be said about a track record. And if a child is, you know, beating a kid up every Sunday, then we've got some serious problems. If, if, if you know, you're having problems with a child, then obviously there's going to be corrective action that needs to be taken. But, um, yeah. but what I'm saying is, is, our approach to those kids, I feel like could be a lot more merciful and graceful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always, I always think about like, um, you know, when we went to the commit conference at the spells church, um, man, they could pull up bus captain after bus captain and tell you this kid right here was the worst one in kids in our kids church or sure. well, this one was my biggest headache, but look at them now. And, and, you know, if you're short fused with or, you know, short lived with these kids, you know, behavioral problems, then, yeah, they're never going to get fixed. You know, um, I can think of countless boys that we have in our church. I have one young boy. He's now a teenager now. And I I love his story because it was something that we had to really work with him on. And every time he got a correction, he might have not been doing anything super bad. You know, he might have just been talking. I had to tell him, hey, you know, right now we're praying. We need to stop talking, you know. Um, Sure. And he would just blow up. I mean, he'd run out the room. I'd have to go chasing after him, you know. Um, And he wouldn't look at you in the face. And he would just be so angry because he's just like someone told me not to do something or to stop doing this or I can't do this. And he just ball of fire, man. I mean, he wouldn't yell or scream, but he would, like, I was waiting for him to deck me, you know? Um, Oh. But what I had to do is work with him, you know? Absolutely. And every time he got mad, I just look at him, I said, look, you know, but we're we're men, you know, and I understand you're upset, and and I get it, but there's rules that we have to follow here. There's things that we don't allow here. There's things that we don't allow at this church, and it's to keep everybody safe. And he would still be looking at me, looking away from me. And I say, Hey, you know, I want you to look at me. I go, because you're a man and I'm a man. And that's what we do. We look at each other and we talk this out. I go, and if you're upset, then tell me you're upset. And I'm going to tell you why I'm disappointed about how this is going on, you know? And I just kept working with him every time. And I said, you know, why do we look at each other? And then eventually every time I did that, he started grasping the concept that I would tell him that, you're a man of God or you're a man That's awesome. and we look at each other and now, and he's a teenager now and I don't ever have any problems with him really. 
but you know, but when he does get upset, he looks at me, you know, okay. and he, and I say, you know, why do we look at each other? And it's that same thing. Why do we look at each other? Well, because we're men, and that's what we do. And I was like, that's right, you know. That's all. Awesome. Um, but it's it's not just like, oh, he's upset and he's blowing up, and I'm he's never coming back because that's not what I want, you know. No, no. And I and I correct him, and I find a way to teach him because you know, like you were saying, they're going home to a house with no structure. Absolutely. You know, and if there's nobody there to teach him, who on earth will teach him? Right. It's our responsibility then to pick up. You know, it's like it's, it's yeah, it's our responsibility to be the father to the fatherless and the mother to the motherless. You know, because right. if they if they don't have it at home, they're not going to get it anywhere else. But we might as well be teaching them it here. And there's you know other boys that I'm working on. There's another boy that I tell them you know he another behavioral problem boy that he just you know he gets real mouthy. You know he'll he'll tell you he doesn't want to be here. He hates this church. You know. Everything, I've heard it all from him, you know. But with him, I started teaching him that you're a leader, you know. Like, you're not a follower. You're a leader. And leaders don't do, you know, they don't misbehave like everybody else does. That they, You know, they know the rules. And So with him, I, I've been teaching him and teaching him. And he's had a bit of a relapse lately. You know, I, he, I had to kick, I had to tell him he couldn't come back on the bus for three weeks. Yeah. Because... Every single week I had to send him out because he was talking back to a teacher, misbehaving, being disrespectful, and we don't allow that. You know, there's there's Absolutely. that structure. And you know what? But it doesn't mean I don't have any contact with him for three weeks. Absolutely. I'm over, I'm over at his house every Saturday. And, yep. and you know what he asks me every Saturday? Brother Ray, can I come on the bus this Sunday? Oh, Jesus. And I tell him, you know what, bud? Not this week. you got two more weeks. But every time I tell him, I see him, hey, bud, I love you. I miss you. You know, I can't wait till you get back to kids' church with us. And you know what? And it's not necessarily me giving in because I got to teach him something because he's not Absolutely. being taught at home. I have, I try to connect with the parents. The parents want nothing to do with me. Yeah. You know, I can't do anything about that. The household right. he lives in, we're always in connect. There's like three families there. I'm in connect with all the other families the parents except for his his are the most difficult to connect with yeah. they don't they don't want anything to do with the church they just want to send their kids but yeah. you know i'm there and i'm i'm here to, to teach him and that when he comes back you know i'm like hey i'm excited you're here i'm glad you're here i don't want to miss you again like i had to miss you for three weeks i missed you so much that I, yeah. it, it bothered me you know like and yeah you gotta him, that yeah and to them it's like okay like i messed up and I'm not going to do that again because they miss me so much, you know? And right. what that does to a kid that's troubled, that's looking for that attention, that wants that, that's going to build them to be like, I'm going to do better. Right. And they're not perfect, but, you know, we're just I, – I see it like this. I'm I'm not a parent, and, you know, I, I there's certain things about parenting I don't understand yet. But you know what? I feel that God is – I pray and I say, ask God, equip me with what I need, God, to – to teach these boys, to teach these young girls how to be godly children and how to be children of God that, you know, live a life holy, you know, and that are being different. And, you know, and I feel that God is giving us that, you know, and, you know, like I said, just simple things of teaching these boys to be leaders, teaching these boys to be men of God and that we don't do everything like everybody else. That when you're angry, you talk it with your brother, you know, just like what the Bible tells us. Right. 
And that's, that's fantastic. I love to hear how you approach receiving a kid that comes back from suspension. That, hey, I missed you so much. We're so glad that you're back. You know, I've seen attitudes where a certain kid comes back to Sunday school and it's almost like every eye in the room rolls because they know, you know, there's going to be problems today. And it's like, man, you didn't even give him a chance, you know? Yeah. So I think we just got to, we got to reevaluate how we approach those kids and, and think, okay, if I do, if it does come to the point where they have to be suspended, are they completely absent from the church? Is there no influence from the church? Are you still going to visit them? during those times and let them know, look, Hey, we want you there. It's just, we got rules. And that, I think that's a great way that you go about it. Another yeah. thing too, though, on the, it's the same coin other side uh, that can be taboo. And it might be because we want kids to come to Sunday school. And mm-hmm. so uh, because we want a high number in attendance or uh, we want as many kids in the classroom as possible, then we won't deal with problem children. Um, yeah. You know, it's, and, I'm not saying label them problem children and they're going to be problem children forever. That would go completely against what I just said the past <laughs> 10 minutes. But I am saying that can't be taboo either to just ignore issues that need correction and discipline mm-hmm. and structure for the sake of, well, we just, we, we want them to come to church. Well, Hey, we want them to come to church too. But if they're being a bully to 12 other kids, then mm-hmm. you're going to lose a dozen kids over that one child. And mm-hmm. so, and, and in the long run, are we helping that child? Is he being transformed? Is the gospel of Christ transforming him? Is he becoming a better person or is she becoming a better person by us just ignoring the issue? Mm-hmm. You know? So we, I think we have to consider both sides of the coin very carefully when it comes to that. Yeah. And I think you really need to think about like, how, how deep are you willing to get into this? If that kid's wanting to be at church, but for whatever reason, he's not grasping that concept of how to behave then are you teaching them a Bible study at home then? You know what? I'll do a Bible study at home with you and we'll have kids church at home and, you know, we can learn the same things. How, how far are we willing to go into this? I think so many times that we, we say, well, you know, we want them to be at church, but he's not behave. And then we just cut it. Yeah. You know, I think we should, we should exhaust every Avenue with these children until we can say, I've done everything within my power. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great point. Well, the second thing, um, do you have anything else that you'd like to talk on that? No, no, I think think we covered a good chunk of it. Amen. The second thing, and I'm not going to go into great detail about all of these things, but Mm -hmm. I just want to hit the highlights. But the second thing is that I've noticed is that um, we've got to preach or teach to our kids where they're at. We cannot ignore their reality you know um unless you were saved from it a lot of apostolic families today do they can't even grasp the dysfunction that is in these kids homes Mm -hmm. their mind can't even comprehend i i've been into homes in our community where i knew that those families were expecting me to come because i was going to be giving them a bible study or i was going to give their kids a bible study on baptism or or the parents asked to talk to me, and they knew I was coming. And I would go inside their home, and I literally would have to wade through filth. Mm-hmm. And they'd invite me to sit on their couch, and I would be hesitant to even sit on the couch because I was wor- worried about, you know, bed bugs or whatever it is. And my mind can't even grasp that. I'm like, how can somebody live like this and, and, and invite somebody over like this? Like, I know when my wife, when I invite somebody over our house, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, we got dishes in the sink. She's like, oh, man, I, my house is a mess. I got to go clean up. It's like, yeah, you know, we our concept of reality, and we are blessed people. Um, and And I'm not saying that we should we shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be clean and we shouldn't be orderly. But I think sometimes we think that the things that these kids are dealing with are maybe just lying or just stealing uh, candy from the candy store. Um, Not saying that those are uh, small sins, sin is sin. But sometimes I feel like when we direct our attention to kids, we're not seeing them in their reality. We're not seeing them with the junk that they're dealing, actually dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, adults can be kind of selfish sometimes and thinking that they're the only ones that deal with stress. And um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there's been studies that have shown that kids today are becoming more and more stressed out at younger ages. There's, oh, yeah. there's six and seven year olds that are being diagnosed with chronic depression and anxiety. I mean, that is, unacceptable and whether it's an overdiagnosis or if it's an actual fact the fact is is that these kids are living in a world where um talking back to your parents is not the worst thing and Mm -hmm. stealing a a a 25 cent piece of candy from the candy store is not the worst temptation or sin that they're having to deal with we've got kids in our community that picked up a marijuana joint as young as 10 years old. You got kids smoking cigarettes and weed and their parents sharing their alcohol and their drugs with their children and aunts and uncles setting kids up that are going through adolescence. And I know this is crude and it's taboo. That's why it's taboo. We've got kids whose parents are setting up their first time. Yeah. I mean, that is the world in which we live today. And our apostolic young kids, I mean, we need to, you know, teach sin and, and teach them how to live apostolic and not be okay with the lie and not be okay with the with the 50 touch word or whatever it is that we want to get mm-hmm. on to our kids about. But with these kids that are coming on buses and coming from complexes and trailer parks and, and different parts of town where no other church wants to set foot in or the cops have totally given up hope on that side of town, we need to preach to them in their reality. I, I, when I preach it about sin to kids, I don't just mention lying or, or man, I mentioned cursing. I mentioned, uh, I mentioned drugs. Why? Because that is a temptation that they have at home. I mean, mm. the joint is right there on the coffee table. Their parents are smoking it. What hinders yeah. them from doing it? You know? And so I, I think we tend to water down a little bit of, these kids as reality uh, because they're just kids. Well, get to know your kids. Go over their house and imagine, put yourself in their shoes. And then when you're prepping for that Sunday school class or that, that kid's church, God, give me the wisdom to reach into this kid's life. Lord, I don't want to just give him uh, a lollipop and send him on his way, but I want to have reached into the darkest, deepest corner of that child's heart and that child's life and illuminate the light of Christ in that darkness. But we'll never be able to do that if we treat them like, you know, 
uh, they're just kids or they're not going through anything or mm-hmm. if we ignore their reality. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're, Sin is much more than lying, stealing, or being mean. <laughs> we got to <laughs> we've got to educate ourselves to what these yeah. kids are dealing with, you know. And, and then, and I think, yeah, and I think you're definitely you hit the you hit the point of you got to see where they live. Uh, right. There's so many so many Sunday school teachers or you know people that work with children that they're they're oblivious to what's going on in these households, and that will, you know, it will show you when you're in your altar calls and they don't want to pray with you. Um, yeah. You know, you got to be out there at outreach, even if it's, I mean, I, I require my team, they have to be there once a month. There's no exceptions. Once a month. Yeah. Most of them are there more than once a month. But Absolutely. you have to be on outreach because I want them knocking on those doors. Right. Seeing what these kids go through. Absolutely. You know? Um, but that's, I think that's vital and like I said, I made it a requirement because it's that important to me Yeah, you know, you can give up one Saturday out of your month to right. go and see where these kids live and see the neighborhoods that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. If we're, if we're willing to invest time to educate ourselves and go into a children's ministry workshop or educate ourselves and then looking up resources to be a better Sunday school teacher, or learn the lesson, find new mm-hmm. songs, find new object lessons, let me just tell you, the greatest thing that you could educate yourself concerning as a children's minister is your kids. Mm-hmm. If you learn your kids and you learn your community, you're going to be able to reach them in a whole different level. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank well, you. Uh, yeah. Go no ahead. problem. Number three is, uh, this is heavy stuff, but that, that's why it's taboo, is child abuse. Mm-hmm. There. And, and some people, I understand this because I've been there. There's been times where you might suspect something, but you don't have proof or you don't have evidence that there's child abuse going on, whether it's neglect, um, physical abuse, or even sexual abuse. Uh, and you don't want to report anything because you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate to be the one to, um, to <laughs> reveal this fact to all you Sunday school teachers out there. But if you're a Sunday school teacher, um, in my book, you're a mandated reporter. If you work with kids on any official capacity, if you're a teacher in the school system, you're a mandated reporter. As a pastor, as, a, as clergy, we are mandated reporters. And so how far down does that line go? You know, if you're a Sunday school teacher, you're not a pastor, and you're not an actual, you know, uh, certified teacher. Mm-hmm. Are you still required to report any suspected child abuse? And that's what it is. It's that, that's where the, the standard is in the state of California. If you suspect child abuse and you have reasonable cause to think that there's child abuse going on, if you're a mandated reporter, you have to report it or else if it comes out and you knew about it, you could be in trouble, like serious mm-hmm. trouble. Oh yeah. And so um, as Sunday school teachers, two things. The first one isn't nearly as important. Do you really want to risk that for your ministry? Mm-hmm. Uh, are, am I a mandated reporter or not? Well, if you ignore it, it comes out that you knew. You don't want to find out that you're a mandated reporter once the case starts rolling. Yeah. But the second thing, and I feel it's way more important than that, is what about the risk of the child? Mm-hmm. Let's get our mind off of ourselves for a second. We might say, oh, well, we don't want to lose – 
that kid or hey it might be one family who all seven of their kids come to church all together we don't want to lose that family because that's seven kids in our church dude how selfish can we be to not look out for the well-being of that kid yeah he might not be able to they might not be able to come to sunday school but you're not the one getting beat by your drunk dad yeah yeah you're not the one being abused or neglected you're not the one so you're going to allow that child to live in six days a week, really seven days a week, because we only have them for a couple hours on Sunday. You're mm-hmm. going to let that child live a life of, of pain and abuse and torment so that you could have them in your Sunday school class for an hour. Yeah. To me, that's unacceptable. And I think we don't need to become trigger happy. <laughs> with reporting families, Mm -hmm. but we, but we have to consider the kid, man. I mean, if, if there's bruises um, on a child and it's frequent and the kid has an excuse every single time, well, I fell down. Listen, if this kid is, is hyper or if he's known to get in a scuffle here and there, then take it with a grain of salt. But if you see him every Sunday or her every Sunday and they've got marks on their body, and they come up with some lame excuse like I rolled out of bed or I ran into the door or I fell out of a chair at school or things like that. That There, there might be something to question there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the obvious thing is if they tell you, <laughs> straight out yeah. tell you, like you don't need to shrug that off. Like you need, you need, to, you need to do something about that. And, and um, we have a hotline that we're, we're to call in California. I'm sure every state has a hotline to call it within those respective counties and what have you uh, to report child abuse. But if there's any question in your mind and you want more training on this, I actually have a website that I recommend that our teachers are required to go through to mm-hmm. learn um, about uh, reporting and, and, and um, seeing the signs of it. And if you're a children's pastor or a Sunday school teacher or what have you, maybe it's something you need to talk to your pastor about, but, just realize that if you talk to your pastor about it and there's reasonable cause, there's enough evidence there, um, then you've painted your pastor in a rough spot too, because he is a mandated reporter, whether you are or not, mm-hmm. the pastor is. And so um, it might be well to just educate yourself on it. It's mandatedreporterca.com. And that's for California, mandatedreporterca.com. And they have free um mandated reporter classes that are completely online and they have one specifically for clergy for people that's working in ministry to be able to um, um, catch it and report it in that uh, sphere so mm-hmm. yeah I think that's that's super important because a lot of times and I've heard horror stories of people sure. you know saying, I, I should have reported this. I should have reported this. Oh, and Lord. you know, and it's just like, God, you know, like, and it's, and it's a very difficult situation to be in. It really is. Um, there's, I can speak of one incident where we thought something happened and sure. thank God that we have invested in cameras in, I would say 95% of the church, um, so we are able to go back and make sure that we are a hundred percent sure that this happened. Um, right. Where a, it was a, a child had said that they had done, or somebody had said that they had done something to another child. So mm-hmm. we, as I, I, 
put someone else in charge of it. I left the room. We went and checked the cameras. And thank God nothing happened. Right. You know, but I had to call the parents. I had to talk yeah. to all the parents and let them know yep. what was said. You know, I yeah. said, we checked the cameras. There was absolutely nothing. You're more than welcome to, you know, we can get this to you to show you that nothing happened. But, you know, it's a it's a serious thing, you know. Absolutely. And, and that's something that I know we don't take lightly, but I would encourage a lot of churches to go to this website. Even if, even if you're not requiring it, leaders, go to this website and learn what you – should know, yeah, you know, absolutely. and and I and I love that you guys require this, um, and and also if you're looking, if you you know, I know our budgets are always skin tight, and we're always trying to just do what we can, but it's free, you know. Well, not just that, but I mean, like cameras. Oh yeah, you know, you can invest in a camera on on Amazon for fairly cheap and. This is something that will save your church heartaches and thousands of dollars, you know. And if you're just able to pull up a a camera feed and and say, you know, we're 100% sure this did not happen. It protects you. It protects your church, you know. And that's just the world we live in, you know. Five, ten years ago, we didn't think about this. This wasn't an issue, you know. And especially in California in the day in which we live, everybody's too crazy. Like that's yeah. That's that's a big thing. Is you got to protect yourself. That's why mm-hmm. we can't. I I don't allow. It's kind of like a rule of thumb in our church and ev- in every sphere of ministry, not just children's ministry, but youth ministry and, mm-hmm. and adult, you know, saint ministry, uh, adults, whatever. Um, you're not alone with people of the opposite sex, or you're not alone with a child. You know, you're, you're just that's not what you do because yeah. you're just opening yourself up for accusation. Whether something mm-hmm. happens or not, it's going to be your word versus theirs, and uh, at least have another pair of eyes or a camera would even be better, but sometimes yeah. it's not always um, accessible. But um, yeah. it's, it's, it's something to consider. Definitely we want to be blameless in our ministry. So And, and it doesn't matter the age at all. Absolutely. Nurse, from nursery all the way up to, like you said, adults, you know, a, uh, even a, an infant or a toddler could have a mark that a parent didn't even know they had, and then there's an accusation that right. you did something, you know, and it's always better to just be safe and make sure you're guarding, you know, it's just the world we live in. It's sad, yeah. but but it's a it's, reality. And it's crazy because you never know what God can do with that family because I, and I'll quickly say this and wrap it up this part of our conversation, but I'm to the point where I've literally, I have the CPS, Child Protective Services, or Department of Human Services in Kern County. I've got their outgoing phone number saved to my phone because mm-hmm. I've received so many phone calls from their um, agencies from kids who were taken away from their families, and I was the one that they called while they were in Jameson Center, uh, which is uh, kind of like a temporary placement for emergency foster home uh, youth until they find a foster home or an adoptive home. They stay at a place called Jamison Center in our county. I have received, I'm not even exaggerating, dozens of phone calls from young people and bus kids that we picked up and bring to our Sunday school. When they're taken away from their families, they call us. Mm-hmm. Like that's, they, they didn't call grandma. They don't have family to call. And we are 
the closest thing in their mind to what should be normal or what they want to be in their families. And so even if they are taken away from that environment, if you've built a good relationship with them and they know your number and they know your name and they're familiar with you and they're comfortable with you, even mm-hmm. if they are taken out of that home situation, the chances are that they'll reach out to you Yeah, if you've built that relationship. And so um, don't let, don't let the thought, well, we'll lose them. They won't be able to come to church and then they'll, they'll be, they'll be lost in the ether somewhere. We'll never be able to get back in touch with them. That's not always the case. You, you just do your diligence to build a relationship with them and mm-hmm. protect them from harm. And if they are taken from the home, then you just got to pray that they're placed in a better situation and that they'll reach out and, and God will use what we put into them to bring them to a place of salvation later. Yeah. Let's see them planted. Yeah. Amen. So, well, the, uh, the fourth thing is, and I'll just hit this one real quick. And mm-hmm. although from what I understand your guys is, uh, uh, church has probably a lot of churches have faced this issue, uh, mm-hmm. is the issue of hygiene or yeah. light or bed bugs. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? And I know that yeah. there's probably a lot of people, uh, in our fellowship that say, well, if they have lights, just, you know, that's just the way it is. And they, they, get them to study school and that's that's up to them they could decide to do that but um i don't want my kids getting lice <laughs> yeah yeah and i i mean we have women in the church who it's not as easy for them to just you know oh you have lice okay i'll take you down to barber bob and you can get a summer cut <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so you, it's not it's not that easy and so some things that you could do to address that issue is just have an official church policy that is signed off by your children's pastor and your pastor. And that way, if anybody in the church throws a fit, Hey, why is uh, little Sally being, you know, excluded from going to this junior camp or whatever. And the reason of it is not finances is not uh, modesty is not any, not having the right clothes or whatever. It's, it's look they got, they got head lice. Uh, we've done this in our church where we've um, we've bought the treatment stuff and we've treated girls um, and and kids that were supposed to go to junior camp that week that day uh, before they left for camp. We've treated their heads and then they um, uh, hung out with the Sunday school teacher. They just kind of had like a, a, a hangout until it was time to leave for junior camp. Um, mm-hmm. And we've treated we've treated heads before, and we've done the stuff. But as soon as they go back home, if it's not treated at home, guess what? That they're going to get it again and again and again. And at some point, you got to draw the line and say, okay, am I going to be treating these kids' hair every single week to make sure that this isn't an epidemic within the church? You know, and yeah. That's just not that's just not realistic. And so um, sometimes you just got to. And, it, and it's so sad because it's not the kids' fault, but it goes back to that one, that one concept that, well, do you, uh, do you risk harming a handful of kids over the state or situation of, of one child? And, and that's a really hard bridge to cross, but it's really up to you and what you're willing on allowing in your school yeah. in your church. But um, uh, another thing to check into on that, concept is um uh life clinics a lot of cities have uh clinics that specialize in life like bakersfield has a bakersfield life clinic 
Oh, and, wow. um, we've gone there to get treatment stuff and, and edu- being, getting educated from their staff and how to handle these type of things. And mm-hmm. so um, maybe it's something to approach them. And if they have a little class on how to treat lice and how to handle that, then maybe it would be good for on a Saturday, your Sunday school team go down there and get that done. And that way, if people throw a fit about you saying, Hey, your kids have lice or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're not able to be a part of activities because of it until it gets treated, then um, you could say, look, this is the recommendation from the local clinic here in Bakersfield or, or in Redlands. And, and we're just trying to uh, um, follow suit with that. But I know that's a, that's a touchy one, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then hygiene in general, like uh, if you got a kid that stinks all the time when he comes to church, mm-hmm. I think it's our fault. If that kid, I'm not saying the first Sunday, but if he comes to our church or she comes to our church for months and she's not developed any friends and she's kind of the outcast and she's excluded from the rest of the group because she stinks, I think that's our fault. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that is because, and I guess every situation is different, but let me just tell you a quick story up in Lake Isabella. My mom and dad, we had some young people coming to our church. And they really stank. They were from uh, a really dysfunctional home, and they stank really poor. And mm-hmm. my mom and dad pulled them aside really gently and really loving and caring and and, and asked them, like, hey, um, uh, we just want to, to ask you, do you guys have um, baths at home? Do you guys take baths or take showers? And the oldest girl, she got real embarrassed and said, you know what? My mom said that we can't afford to take baths. Mm -hmm. And so that was like kind of shed some new light. And whether she was telling the truth or not, what my mom and dad ended up doing in that same meeting, it wasn't like, okay, go try to clean up because you stink. In that same meeting, they had given them gifts. They said, well, we wanted to buy something for you guys and let you know that we do care about you and talked to them just like we, you talked to young men about being a man, mm-hmm. um, talked to them about being um, godly and teach, trying to teach them the principle that uh, cleanliness is, is as unto godliness and that how our bodies is the temple of, of God and how we should take care of our bodies and, and show them how we shouldn't have to do this. Their mom and dad should do this for them. Yeah. Just, you know, this is the world in which we live. My mom and dad had gift bags, uh, baskets for each of the kids. And in the gift basket, there was a toothbrush and a tooth and toothpaste and their own, um, like, bath sponge and uh, their own shampoo and conditioner and soap and uh, body wash and lotions. And it was like a little hygiene gift bag that they give to each of the kids. They had their own uh, ba- baskets. And mm-hmm. when they received them, their eyes just lit up. They were so happy to have gotten them. And the next Sunday, they were still a little put out of shape but they tried you could tell they tried and my mom and dad made a notice of it um Mm -hmm. and the oldest sister said yeah mom didn't like it taking uh using up the water every day but we went down to the lake and we took baths in the lake Mm -hmm. i'm like that's crazy i I mean yeah you know if if a kid stank and, and came to our church i mean how many of us would think that that family doesn't have money for water and that if they want to take baths every day, then they're going to have to take a bath at least two or three times a week in a lake or in a river. That's just nuts. 
Like not, most of us can't even comprehend that. But, oh, yeah. but if we're going to help them by, you know, we're all for pulling people up out of the, out of the pit, you know, uh, mm -hmm. He put me out of the miry clay. Right? We know that song? Yeah. He put me out of the miry clay. Well, we're okay with people being pulled out of the mire of sin. Now, how about the mire of that culture, of your mm -hmm. community, that filth, that, that mindset of, of, of filth and uh, like a welfare mentality or a victimized mentality? Hey, I believe it's the church's job to pull people up out of that. Mm-hmm. If if their if their families or or their home structure is not providing that, yeah, and a lot of times and a lot of times the parents they don't know, you know, right? Or they're you know they're making some of them aren't they're doing it out of ignorance, you right? Know, I'm I'm not saying that every one of them are, but you know you got to have that compassion towards it and say, you know, if I think you hit it perfectly, it's just make it in a way that it's not embarrassing to them, you know, headlight. No. Is, is the thing that happens. And I always tell parents this, if I ever have to tell them, hey, your child has head lice, um, I say, you know, it happens. They're kids. You know? Absolutely. Kids get head lice. If you haven't gotten head lice within your time of doing children's ministry, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I even had a scare. Um, I can even say this. I believe at the beginning of the year, I thought I had scabies. And, and that's not fun, you know. So. And I, I looked at it, I had a rash on me, and I was like, and I know some kids had a rash, but they had said oh, it was no. from ant bites. So I was like, and I had, yeah. my mom is a teacher, so she's our bus driver. She examined them. She goes, I don't know. She goes, they kind of look like ant bites, but I'm not sure. Well, I had gotten something the next day, and I, was, I, was, I wasn't upset at anybody, but I was just upset. And I was just like, well, I called off work. I went down to the doctors and I said, I got this rash. I need you to tell me what it is. And <laughs> luckily, luckily it was just an allergic reaction um, to something, but I thank God for that. But um, you know, yeah. that's the reality of working bus ministry or yeah. not. And I'm not even talking bus ministry. This no, happens with people. From, it has with people yeah. in the church and sure. there's, it's not something to embarrass people about. It no. happens. And it's our job, like you said, to educate them on how to do this correctly. Yeah. You know, I mean, somebody... it's crazy that you think that you got to go to church to learn how to use deodorant. But yeah. I mean, that's the mire of some of the communities and the cultures that we're mm -hmm. ministering in. And if we want to pull them up out of that mire, then let's just see it as our responsibility and, and, and do our best to um, shine. I, I believe that the, the gospel of Christ is meant to more than just transform a mind from sinfulness, but it's also to transform us into reflecting God's glory. Like, it's not just don't sin anymore. It's about living a life that is going to bring God glory and mm -hmm. reflect his holiness and yeah. be a light and an example for others. And um, and so we've, we've got to lead the charge in teaching hygiene uh, and, and modeling that, obviously. If you got Sunday school teachers in your church that stink, then you definitely need to have that conversation. <laughs> you know, and it's that same thing. Like, if they're new converts, just something you got to teach them. And I, I even asked um, Dwayne Oswald, I said, you know, how do you talk to a grown man that, that you know, some, he kind of stinks and his hygiene's not up to par? How do you bring that up? Like, have you ever had that incident? And so, you know, those are things that I'm asking my my friends on how to – go about because yeah. I don't want 
You know, like, he doesn't know, and I'm not doing it right. to be mean to him and say, bro, you stink, you know. No. But I'm like, hey, you know, I want to teach. He probably doesn't know. And to him, I there's think, no there's no wrong in his mind. I think the greatest approach is just to be really prayerful about it mm-hmm. and, and be open to the directing of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that God can open doors of opportunity for you to approach it without being rash or terse or mm-hmm. uh, aggressive, um, I believe. I believe that we just need to walk in the spirit and trust God for an opportunity to address the issue and, and pray for the right words and pray for the right spirit. Yeah. You could have it's the right not, intentions and the right attitude about it. And some people are still going to get upset and twist it up, but that's yeah. not that's how they respond to it. Isn't necessarily our responsibility, you know? And, and if it's that big of a deal, just have one giant lesson on, um, God washing us clean and give everybody a bar, bar of soap and they all go home with a bar of soap. Yeah, there you go. Whether they use it or not, <laughs> it's up to them. <laughs> I mean, at least you did your diligence. Yeah, you, right. you know, you taught them, you know. <laughs> That's right. Amen. I love it. Um, the fifth thing is apostolic identity in regards to holiness. In other words, teaching standards. Um, I think it's a shame if we have kids coming, if we have, if we run a bus or if we have center kids in our Sunday schools or what have you, um, starting in the age of six, let's just say they're in first grade is when they first start coming to our Sunday school. I think it's a crying shame if that child goes throughout his, his or her entire tenure of being a Sunday school kid, enters into the youth group, all of a sudden, they want to join youth choir, mm-hmm. but they just learned that a platform standard, uh, not just a platform standard, but a standard of being in the youth choir, if you're a lady, is that you have to wear a skirt. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that rule is being presented to them, and they've been in the church for six or seven years before that concept is even presented to them, and it was because oh, well, we don't teach standards in Sunday school. We don't teach holiness to kids or standards to kids. They'll get it later on. We just mm-hmm. want to throw a football around and, and talk about the love of Jesus. And that, not, I'm not saying don't teach on the love of Jesus. But mm-hmm. what I am saying is that, hey, if there's a kid that's a part of your Sunday school for a very long time, he should have the opportunity at some point to have been taught clearly the expectations of what it means to be an apostolic and how to have an apostolic identity and what holiness is and, and upholding uh, the proper standards. Um, I think it's sad if, if they're in the youth group and they are just now learning all of that for the very first time, we should take opportunities uh, to do that mm-hmm. in kids yeah. church or, or one-on-one Bible studies or whatever, it, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. Maybe you have a discipleship program that's more personal uh, a more personal approach, more, you know, one-on-one approach, but we got to teach it to them. Yeah. We, we actually, um, this year we did a split session and I'm, I think I'm going to, I don't think, I know that we're going to start doing this every year because we've taught on holiness throughout the year on sure. different subjects, but this time where we split it up, the girls and the guys and the guys had their own session, the girls had their own session. Um, and we taught on, identity um and you know girls have been changing the way that they've been coming to church and you know um they're making those steps because they see 
you know, the, the ladies talk about, you know, wearing skirts and not cutting our hair, you know, and right. things like this. And they're grasping those concepts yes. as, as an identity and saying, you know, I'm a woman of God. And the men, too, I told my boys, I said, you know, nobody wants you to walk out of your house in your chones. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. that's not what men of God do. Men of God, they clothe themselves up. You know, we're, we're not showing our muscles to everybody, you know. And it, you, you would think that there's not a ton of stuff for boys, but there is, you know. Yeah. Um. And it, and you know, obviously, we don't have as much on the physical identity as much as the ladies do, but sure. you know, there's a lot of stuff that boys have to deal with, and that's a lot of inward stuff too that we also worked on. But yes, we took anger, we took we took pride. Yeah, we took a one year or I'm sorry, one one a uh, one you know a two week session that we did on boys. It was boys and girls session, and you know, it's changed a lot of things. So we're we're implementing that every year now. To That's where so it can awesome. be I love boys it. and girls, you know, and then like you churches, said, go huh? ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I've heard of churches even having like a little, uh, a little store, but they mm-hmm. could um, come in and act like they're, you know, spending money, but, or, or try on, they get to try on skirts or, or clothes, mm-hmm. or um, I've had a, a kid in our church who was in the preteen class and he, um, he was trying. You could tell he was doing his very best to try to dress up for church. He was in his nicest mm-hmm. pair of jeans that he had, and he had his shirt tucked in. He had, you know, a collared, short sleeve, uh, collared um, shirt on. And uh, you could just tell he tried. And yeah. so I gave him a tie. Mm-hmm. I gave him one of my ties that I never wear. And it, it meant the world to him. And not saying that absolute men wear ties every day, but um, – <laughs> I mean, that's kind of yeah. part of our identity a little bit about when we go yeah. to church and we dress, dress up. We, and we dress our best. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so um, I think another thing on that is when you see a bus kid that's trying or a kid that's trying whose parents aren't getting them ready for, for church, mm-hmm. you need to make it the wor- like mean the world to, to you. Like show them that you notice. And yeah. wow, you look so good today. And I love the way you did your hair. And mm-hmm. That dress looks beautiful on you. I don't care. Guess what? It, it, we had Sunday school girls who wore the same dress to Sunday school for three months straight. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was because they were that was the only dress they owned. And that was their best. And, and they and wanted that to was, give their best. Yeah, exactly. And so every time, I don't care if it's the, the, the 12th Sunday they wore that dress, that dress mm-hmm. looks so good on you, you know, and just really in, encourage yeah. them about who they are as an apostolic in training. I, <laughs> I've heard this, and I, this is one thing the Spells Church does, and I really think it's awesome. Their Girls Connect, they have a class for just girls. Right. And they do fashion show, modest fashion shows. Oh, that is super. On their Sunday, on like a, on one of their Sundays they'll do it, where they, all these girls, they do their best to dress modestly. And so they've been teaching all, you know, week or something on it. And then the end of the month, they do that fashion show where the girls come and they, they, they either share clothes or whatever it is that they can do. And that way they're, they're doing, you know, they're showing these girls on how to dress modestly. And right. I think that's an awesome way to do it. Uh, another that thing that we do too is um, whenever we have events, um, I, and I know some of our boys or girls don't have dress clothes, we find dress clothes for them. You know, special events. Um, I know one Easter Sunday, we don't push um, dressing up on, on Sunday morning as hard as probably sure. some people do, but that's just us, you know, it works for our city. Um, okay. But on Easter Sunday, I said, Hey, you know what, this Easter Sunday, let's, let's do our, let's dress our best this Easter Sunday. And I said, Hey, you know, we, we're going to dress our best for the King. 
And so everybody, you know, and we asked the church, hey, any old dress clothes that your kids don't wear, if you can just donate it. There's kids here at the church that don't have any. And we were, they were able to go the Sunday before and pick out clothes That's for awful. themselves. And then that Sunday, we just left them there at the church. So when they got to church on Sunday morning, we took them to the restroom, gave them their hanger, and they went and got dressed inside the stall, and they came out, and they were ready to go, and they got to keep them. That's awesome. You know? But, like, we made it accessible for all of these kids. And, like I said, special events. We'll go out and buy them clothes, or we'll see if we can get clothes from somebody. You know, That's somebody's fantastic. always willing to get rid of stuff if you want to teach them how to dress holy. You know, and then maybe that, those girls don't have skirts. Right. You know, buy them a skirt. Well, you know, when you're going out, like this is my yep. thing. So I have this, this huge thing about sneakers. I love sneakers. I love shoes. <laughs> but I've really been like talking to God, like, God, is this a problem for me? You know, like, you know, working on my own heart. But, yeah. You know, and God's like, you know, as long as we're not excluding anything from the church and you're, you're paying your tithes and you're doing what you need to do, you know. But I said, you know what, God, I want this to be, because this has definitely been an avenue for outreach for me i know it sounds funny but you know i got street cred out in nice. the neighborhood. and you know it's conversation starters with a lot of guys out there you know and i said you know what god help me i want to be able to do something and anytime i go out there and i see a deal on smaller shoes i try to grab them because right. i never know who's going to need a pair of shoes right and so you know it's like i said dress shoes if you see something on sale just pick it up you know yeah if you have a coupon, and I don't, you know, my mom has this problem. She has a coupon, and she can't find anything to buy with this coupon. You know, poor her. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Go to the kids section. Find a dress and use that coupon on that dress or use that coupon on that dress shirt for that boy. And you'll start having an arsenal of things that you can give kids or, like you said, like a store option. I think that's awesome. What if we had a, yeah. like a, like a, not like a thrift store, but, you know, essentially a store with clothes. And these kids can buy them and wear them to church. You know, yep. they earn kids' church dollars just for bringing, you know, coming to church that day. Absolutely. Or yeah. have layaway. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you can't afford it yet, then hey, let's just put, let's just keep putting money towards your. Like we use accounts now because we can't use physical the uh, dollars money. anymore. Yeah. Right. People people steal them and stuff. So we got <laughs> yeah. we got to lock it down. Everything's on credit now. <laughs> But, but that's um, cool, though, because then you're teaching a dual lesson on modesty and stewardship. So, I mean, hey, hey. I, think, I think we need to be on the lookout for opportunities to teach life principles like that. Like, we're in a generation that don't know how to cook, that don't know how to do anything because, yeah. you know, uh, philosophy and gender identity is more important in our schools than home ec, you know, mm-hmm. and, and balancing a checkbook and, like, yeah. the practical stuff. So, I mean – I think the church can step up and, and, and provide those life lessons that yeah. these kids aren't getting, you know, it's super cool. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to pause it here because I, I know it's going a little longer than expected. And I know okay. you got, maybe we'll do a, a, a part two. <laughs> well, the, I don't wanna... the, the next two things that I was going to talk about are, uh-huh. they could probably go on forever. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's probably the smartest thing. If you're cool with it, I know everybody would be excited with it, but um, maybe we okay. can schedule a part two because sure. I know it's, it, we could go on forever and just ideas that pop up in our head. And Absolutely. Me and you both kind of have the same brain brain link wave when it comes to uh, great ideas, and we just want to splurt them out. <laughs> well, I think, I think what you mean is we're both probably uh, talkers. 
So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I told you. She said, "How long is it going to take?" I said, "Well, an hour, unless you're one of those guys that go a little longer." <laughs> yeah, one of those well, guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll set up a we'll set up a part two. Sounds um, good, though. I, but I did want to give you a chance to uh, talk about your new um, podcast that's coming out. Yeah, sure. So I. Um, I'm actually launching something, and it's not really just a podcast. The podcast mm-hmm. is just going to be one of the resources that is going to be uh, part of what I'm doing. But I'm launching something called Kids Men University. So Kids Men U is going to be the name of the podcast. Um, but I'm also starting a YouTube channel, and I've gotten permission from some major children's music artists to uh, show people, post videos, and show people instructional videos on how to do Sunday school songs, and it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I'm not going to run any, into any copyright infringement uh, uh, things, but I am going to start a YouTube channel. It's already up. I just don't have anything posted yet. So to have something this weekend of instructional videos on Sunday school songs and children's music for kids' church and stuff, wow. and that that is Kid Men University on YouTube. And um, long-term visioneering, it's not just – uh, instructional videos for songs on YouTube and a podcast, but it's also going to be online Sunday school training resources. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have I'm going to I'm in the process of making some classes up for online training for Sunday school, bus ministry, outreach, um, Bible studies with kids, uh, leadership, a lot of stuff. Anything that does has to do with children's ministry. That's what it's going to be geared toward. And then. Um, Long-term, long-term down the road, I've got a lot of ideas for building VBS curriculum, uh, Absol VBS curriculum, and, and original children's music and all of that. So just that's some of uh, what's going on. <laughs> but Kids awesome. Men University, so keep an eye out for it. We're on Instagram yeah. already and Facebook, so Kids Men University. Yeah, I'm excited about it, man. I saw it, and I was like, who is this? And I was like looking at it because you you just get all these random pages. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that's why I texted you. I was like, is this you? <laughs> that's me. Yeah. But hey, I'm excited for it, man. I'm looking forward to the content that's going to be coming out. Um, sure. I think I think it's going to be awesome, and this is what we need um, is more apostolic um, material out here. Absolutely. Uh, more apostolic avenues that are dealing with stuff that. You know the um, the nominal world doesn't have the answers for us. You know, um, and I'm tired. You know, this is what I I told a lot of people about curriculum. I'm tired of having to adapt things, and I just want to yeah. find something that's that I don't have to change. You know, somebody. Yeah, you know, thank thank God for for Philip Booker and and James Wang for you know guys that are putting stuff out there that we don't have to tailor it. You know, to to preach the truth, and I think this is going to be a blessing to a lot of people and i'm excited for it so sweet man so you guys need to make sure you check out uh instagram and facebook um kid menu um for when it all starts coming out but i'm excited for it sweet man thanks for the shout out and we'll definitely be looking forward to part two yeah awesome and remember folks stay keen to mind it hey man